my Grammy family. Used to bump the demo up out of the Camry. Now I'm hopping out the limo or either the Lambie. The two niggas gon' get into you get to Miami. TLC gon' be stoned as Angie. I be Don C, Johnny Patron, Amy. It's a celebration, bitches, more bottles of champagne. Ain't in love with the same stripper that's wrong T. Pain and all this Louis Vuitton shit ain't cheap, man. Dog, I can't keep saying good music. Welcome back to the Pop of Demand podcast. I'm your host, Jay. And with me today, I got the homie, the young Pharaoh Cord. What's up, Cord? How you been? And I got the homie DeLon with us today. What's up, DeLon? Timberwolves 9 and 3 since Jimmy Butler got traded. Okay. <laughs> 9 and 3. Stats over opinions. Shit. That's all that matters. <laughs> he said we couldn't win without him. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, you can't win without me, Butler. Mm. What the? Without him, the Timberwolves are now nine three. Shout out to Cat. Not shout out to Wiggins, cause that nigga's been ass tastic. That nigga, whew, he's at multiple games, like two points. I thought it was a wrap for Cat when Jimmy got traded. I thought I thought he was gonna fall off and just be super me if forever. No, cause the thing is, Cat is a great talent. It's just that Jimmy Butler is just a great, a great marketer. Like he sold himself as an MVP. He sold himself. Remember like this. Butler made himself look like LeBron. He said, when I leave here, these niggas ain't going to be able to win another game. Now, that's Don't how you're feeling. I believe it. I believe yeah. it, too. Yeah, I ain't going to say that. Really, he hurt my perception. I already felt, I was already kind of losing, you know, losing out on Wiggins. I kind of like, like, man, fuck Wiggins after Butler, after this Butler incident. But then, like, Cat, I was like, man, is Cat really, is Cat really me? And I just didn't see it all wrong. I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see Cat performing because he's been putting up like 35 and 20 point games. Listen, all I'm gonna say is Jimmy Butler had a little too much dip on his chip. Yeah, it's a little and bit. I see what it was. And now, and now Embiid is complaining, <laughs> talking about some, they got me at the they got me at the perimeter. Shut your ass up. It's <laughs> facing the court. You know how Cat feel now. Because <laughs> he, because yeah, you know Embiid, I think Embiid had like three games straight of like scoring 16, 15, and 10. Hmm. That sounds like the kind of games that Cat was having when he was with Jimmy Butler, and everybody was calling, you know, Cat a big bitch for not being able to sc- produce some sense of training. Jimmy yeah. Butler is Carmelo Anthony, but he actually puts up those points he be talking about. Yeah, he does. And play defense. And play defense. When he, yeah, he does. So, shout out to the team. Yeah, he, yeah, he is good. And he accomplishes <laughs> They They tick for tack. They around the same area. And he reliable. Unless you want to lead your team. Right. But then Carmelo like that too. Yeah. Shout out to the Timberwolves though. Hope, but not shout out to the Timberwolves because I don't want the niggas to catch up with the Clippers. But anyway, this is episode 36 of the Pop of the Band podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to another one of our episodes. Uh, as you know, quick little announcement before we get started, get rolling. We're moving all our reviews to YouTube slowly but surely. So if you are a fan of watching um, videos and stuff on on YouTube, just check out our reviews there. Keep giving us suggestions. Thank you all who have been supporting the Popular Demand Awards by retweeting and sharing the link. I appreciate that. As you saw with the Grammys list that came out, it doesn't. It feels like a lot of those big time mainstream media award shows don't really have a real touch or feel. For rap music, going about what the nominees were, so I think I I I I think, and thanks to you fans too, the guys who listen to make our podcast go, I feel like we did a, 
a really good job of evaluating the winners as well as the talent nominees for this year. So shout out to us. Shout out to y'all. We got to have one shout out to Thank us y'all for every week. At least one. Every week. You we got do a lot some. of work. People don't realize that. We do a lot of good. We do a lot of good stuff behind the scenes. People don't realize that though. So we gotta uh, shout ourselves out. We would never. We would never nominate Post Malone for album of the year. We got integrity. We got honor. Exactly. We got. Taste. We wouldn't be here for one for us. Man, fuck that. Yeah. If Macklemore drops some fire, I'm putting him number one. Not ashamed shame by it. Exactly. I'll be quick getting Macklemore. Back exactly. I'll do that. Exactly. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started into the topics we got today. Core, I'm gonna talk about your main man, Blake Griffin. My ex man, Paul. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Actually, no Pauls. Shout out to Kevin Hart. Whoa. What? Oh, uh, yeah. You'll learn hard. You'll learn a hard way to stop. You gotta learn hard to stop saying Pauls. In the in the words of Kevin Hart, you're gonna learn today. <laughs> you're gonna learn today. <laughs> Ain't no wrong with what but, you said, Chief. <laughs> Man, it's nice on this podcast, real. All quick. right, we ain't, gonna, we ain't about to host no Oscars. We good. We good. We three. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Deleting every old episode after you guys we do get on. That's big. Best believe it. They're gonna be like it's episode one hundred and six with the other one hundred and five. Don't worry about scanning through all the through all the tweets. We're gonna be on the right side no. of history. Exactly. But I still want Caitlyn Jenner during them days. <laughs> Cool, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, don't about. I don't know what you're talking about. But cool, let's talk about uh Caitlyn Jenner's was it daughter, cousin, niece, nephew? So who's Blake Griffin dating? Oh, uh, Kendall yeah. Jenner. Kendall, yeah, yeah, Kendall. Yeah, ex- daughter. Boyfriend. Well, one of her ex-boyfriends. Let's talk about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin and the Pistons are currently have a winning record in the Eastern Conference. I think last time I checked, they were like the fourth seed. They've taken a couple of losses since I made this topic, so they might be like the fifth seed or something right now. But the the point is, the Mm. Pistons are well within the playoff. They are well within the playoff picture. Uh, We're like 22, 23 games into the season or the sixth seed. This team has been a perennial 8th seed, 9th seed, 10th seed team for a while now. They uh-huh. add Blake Griffin. They barely missed the playoffs last year. Blake Griffin had a couple of injuries. Blake Griffin's fully healthy now. They're in the playoff picture. Here is my question. Is Blake Griffin the best power forward in the game again? That's what I'm going to start off with. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you asked it. Yes. He never stopped. <laughs> He just got hurt, that's all. He was just getting hurt in the past. But now he back, and he putting up numbers. He putting up team. He putting the team on his back, and he ain't got no pesky point guard to take them stats away from him and make him look crazy in the playoffs. And his ankle not hurt. So, yeah, best powerful in the NBA. All right. I wanted to go on the record just because I made the question and because I asked the question. I do not believe Blake Griffin is the best powerful in the league. That is without a doubt. Still, who you putting over him? I'm still putting Anthony mm. Davis over Blake Griffin. Simply because... Talking about Derrick Rose at a high block rating? Chill, man. Yeah, I said it. What? I said it. Y'all talking about Blake Griffin get hurt. How many games Anthony Davis go last? That's what I want to know. Anthony Davis quits to miss half the season. You said what? Y'all relax. That's big fast. He said quick to miss. 
He said he quick to miss half the season. Because his ACL made out of smoothies. I'm saying this. Him and him and Blake have about the same body composition when it comes to injuries. Those niggas are both brittle. But I'll say this. If they're both healthy and they're both going into a game, Blake. I would much rather have AD on my team. A player who can affect the court on both ends. Because if Blake have a bad night offensively, what he going to do on the other end? Pass the ball. On the defensive end, you right. Pass. You right. <laughs> you right. He gonna do something. He ain't gonna do not nothing. But he gonna do something. He'll get scored on. That's what, he'll get scored on. But I don't really. Th- I, like I said, I still think the best big. I used to think Blake Griffin was the best power forward in the league. Yeah. I think he's. He is clearly leagues. He's he's clear like a league above the guys like Lamarcus Aldridge. Kevin Love, them guys he was being compared to before. I think he's better than Draymond Green. People, I, people didn't, people were really starting to believe that Blake they, were mm. they were bugging. They were bugging. I went to war for I a think, couple years. Yes, but he's clearly shown he's better than Lamarcus Aldridge. He's clearly shown he's better than Kevin Love when healthy. And as of right now, the way Draymond's been playing, I feel like he's better than Draymond, even though Draymond's extremely valuable to a, a really, really good Warriors team. But Blake Griffin right now is averaging 25 points, nine rebounds, and five assists as a power forward. That's a per passer. While also one of the, you know, the best details of the stat line, shooting 36% from the speak, three speak on, it. on six on it. attempts. So that's, <laughs> that's about league average. He's an average three-point shooter. This is coming from which a lot of people think like, oh, so what? He's an average three-point shooter. This is for a guy who can shoot it all. Came into the league, yeah. At one point, people said all he could do was dunk. To now being an average three-point shooter, that's incredible. See, here's my thing though. Here's but my this, thing though. I got AD, but that don't mean shit when you're in the 12th seed. Yeah. So that, wait, 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 wait. Can I say this? Go ahead. Why we get AD so much clout, and he can't do nothing with the Pelicans, but Blake Griffin in Detroit, the destroyed. Beat down this the two city of Detroit and he taking them to the playoffs and y'all still don't feel like he's this. Hold on now, Ooh, hold on come now. On. The Pelicans, the Pelicans did sweep the Trailblazers last year and went to the it's second da- round. Everybody's Damian Lillard. It's Damian Lillard. Is that really a feat? Is that really <laughs> is that really a good feat? Is that really important? You beat I mean, Damian yeah, Lillard in the playoffs. But they swept them though. It wasn't was like they barely beat them with the game seven. They swept them. Like that's 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 newsworthy. Like right. you know what I'm saying, and they did that in the West. Well, yeah, they beat the Wallace in the NBA. I can't give no clout for that. You said what? I'm gonna say this, fam. I said, what's the Pistons doing in the West though? Blake Griffin taking that the the city of broken dreams. What are you taking them in the West? <laughs> the land of second <laughs> chances. The land of second chances. Please don't encourage this. He gonna show y'all. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Y'all ask me about Blake Griffin. We talking about this again. Detroit is the land of second chance. When you come to that team, you're a completely different person. The Marky cousin went to the Pelicans, and what he do? Left. No rebirth. No second chances. He did nothing. Blake Griffin, he went back. Whole new man. Land of second but chance. The pump up breaks, because it is just 25 games of the season. It's impressive what Blake Griffin is doing. He's clearly made the Pistons better, mm. despite having minimal talent around him. Because you know, Drummond ain't minimal. A minimal. He, he's nothing but DeAndre. He's nothing but DeAndre Jer- Jordan with braces and one or two more offensive moves. That's it. Damn. At the end of the day, that's disrespectful. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's, that's what. And you, you, you see what he, you see what happens. When, I'm saying, do you see what Embiid does to that man? He emasculates him. 
Man, he ain't cooking the other Every day. Every time they get to get... He ain't cooking the other day? He ain't cooking the other day? Man, it's because Jimmy Butler stopped him. That's all. <laughs> but it's hey, Jimmy Butler fault. <laughs> it's Jimmy Butler fault. It ain't Embiid fault. It ain't because it, Drummond good either. It's because he, you know, Embiid won, you know, he was just, he was froze out of the play. But more importantly, I applaud him, Blake. For, I don't. While I don't think Blake is the best power forward in the game, I do think it's no, noteworthy that he might be leading a team that could not get to the playoffs into the playoffs. Mm. Especially when you look at the wing talent that they have and guys like Reggie Jackson, who's inconsistent, and guys like um, Taylor Johnson, um, Reggie Bullock, um, Luke Kennard, Is Smith is Ish Smith still with y'all? Yeah, for the Pistons. Yeah, see, what I'm saying like that's a. For me, to me, the Pelicans have a way better wing Same. depth. In, and also, like, with Miritic and Randall and Drew, I feel like those are better complementary players than anything but Griffin is used, working with right now with the Pistons, even though he is in the West. But here's my next question. Is this the best we've ever seen Blake Griffin? Uh, uh, is this the... Is this is this version of Blake Griffin better than that Blake Griffin that finished top five in the MVP voting that year when Chris Paul went this. down and they still won a bunch of games? No, but I like the I I was I like this I like this Blake Griffin better because you know his game like Let me see. he's less predictable on offense. Oh, okay, yeah, I want to say that, but I'm not gonna speak ill on Blake. I like him now because you know he's a little bit more polished. He got a better game. He posts up a little bit more. Like like his game is is more. I ain't gonna say it's more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like a more advanced game at this point. Yeah, because you know his career, he finally had his career high, which is crazy to have his. You know, he had, he scored fifty points at the beginning mm-hmm. of this season. I really do think this Blake Griffin is just a whole lot more polished on offense. His while his post moves haven't advanced that much more than they were two or three years ago. He's a lot more patient in the post. Not to mention that teams have to now. Run out to the three-point line to contest hard on him, which which gives him the option to put the ball on the floor and drive hard to the rim and dare somebody to meet him at the rim, which niggas have been doing a lot this yeah. season. Now, niggas have been meeting meeting <laughs> Blake at the rim and also dunking over him with these. It's, it's karma. It'd be like that. But I do not think it do be like that. Sometimes you know you bite the clown, the clown come back to bite. Something Damn. like that. You know how the saying goes? I ain't never heard uh, that when, you when you do clownery. No, you, <laughs> you know, when you do clownery, the, cl- the clown comes back and bite. That's what it is. Uh, but yeah, this this dude improved Blake Griffin. I feel like it's a lot more polished and easier to play with and mesh with. Not because in the past, you the past kinda, Blake Griffin probably you had It looked kind of rough. It looked kind of rough back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Because, you know, he was, he was being, you know, not so, because he was getting his points. And the paint would be packed with with players and defenders yeah. simply because him and DeAndre couldn't stretch the floor. But now that he's out on the perimeter and able to get in and drive in, it's sucking. You know, is um, it's pushing the D out. Yeah. So, you know, so that's a note to that question as well. I don't think this is Blake Griffin as his best. I think he's a more polished offensive player because in that, even when it was rough for him during that MVP season, Blake was putting up numbers. He was still putting up numbers during that time and a lot more explosive. He was just doing it in a different way. I miss them days. But (laughs) should Blake Griffin be in the MVP conversation? Yes. I want an unbiased answer. DeLon, should Blake Griffin (laughs) 
be in the MVP conversation. I think we got to let it shake out to about forty games in. Cause I, okay, I okay. it's 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 way it's way too close. I mean, what what what's the Pistons record like? Sixteen eight. The Pistons are currently. The Pistons. Oh, hold on. The Pistons are currently thirteen and 13 ten. Thirteen and ten. In the Eastern Conference, which you know isn't all. That I feel. Yeah, I know. Us. I feel like in the East, to be MVP and for Blake, I, I feel like got to be a little bit more separation for that. So I think we got to shake out like another twenty games. Because. Because we there's there's, there's people on the downfall of us. That's what's helping though. Because we got Embiid ain't putting up the numbers he's supposed to be. We got the Celtics doing whatever they're supposed to be doing over there. So there's room to advance. But I was, I don't know. Not to mention the Wizards are seemingly turning it around because now they're 11 and 14, get, drawing closer to being over 500 again. So maybe they could catch up with the Pistons and overlap them. We never know what the Magic of Hornets are going to do because they're increasingly unpredictable. But it's, I think it's safe to say the Pistons will make the playoffs barring injury because none of the other teams are good at all. Mid. Um, yeah, they're very, very, very mid. Reggie, and I ain't talking about the basketball player. No, you can't. Um, yeah, talking about that nigga too. That nigga mid too is a commentator. <laughs> but I don't think he should be in the MVP conversation. But by saying he should be in the MVP conversation, I think you also got to take Anthony Davis out of the – MVP conversation because, like I said, I feel like Anthony Davis' team is more equipped than Blake Griffin's current team is, yet they have a worse record than Blake Griffin. Granted, they are in the West, but that to me, that's not enough excuse to keep him in the MVP conversation, even though he has their team record is currently 13 and 14 in the and around a 12 spot. So I feel like if you got to put Anthony Davis in that conversation, I feel like Blake Griffin got to be in there too. And if Blake Griffin can't be there, Anthony Davis can't be See, there. See, I don't either. think it, the the East West thing. I don't think it's enough to keep AD in, but I think it's enough to keep Blake Griffin out. Because all them, yeah, all them that's, trash that's, in the East, he should not be just three over to be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. We got to say for yourself, Cord. He on the Pistons, and he doing the best he can. That's all that matters. Every other team in the East, I ain't going to say they super stacked, but they got a roster. Blake Griffin is out here with triples and people with leprosy, and he putting them numbers and putting the team on his back. Is that not MVP worthy? Is that not legendary? I mean, and I'm going to say this. I think Kevin Walker. I was about to say that same thing. I think I think we had to give Kemba Walker more um more props than Blake Griffin because nah man he was not nah, man it took him like eight years to do that Blake Griffin did it in one goat nigga, status nigga, what you mean goat status oh you, about, oh you mean oh you mean it took him eight years with the Hornets I exactly. said it took Blake Griffin by eight years too <laughs> <laughs> it took him walking like eight years to make that team decent Blake Griffin came to the Pistons <laughs> in a year and a half and he put in work turned the whole franchise around man to second chances. Nice walk, case, it's on, Casey. We need you. It's Casey. That, it's Casey that's doing it. Actually, that's what we don't realize. You said what? It's Casey. Shots of Dwayne. Coach of the year. Land the second chance for him too. He's he the real one. He the real MVP. That's what we don't realize yet. But how would a deep playoff run change Blake Griffin's legacy? Oh, people find. Oh, right people, people got to put their club back on tonight. I feel like one thing that really hurt Blake Griffin. 
perception was that a lot of people didn't watch the Clipper game, so they only saw the highlights. So when he stopped dunking and he started working on his mid-range of three-point shots, people started seeing him list. So everybody just assumed he became a worse player. I would like if you go watch any highlight reel or clip on Twitter, ninety-five percent of the comment section is, "Oh, he finally back to normal. He ain't trash no more." And I'd be like, "Wait, like, like he still been averaging like, like he still put up the same numbers." Yeah, it's just that, you just know, it's just, just in a different way. And now people see it again, which is kind of weird because he had to go to Detroit to get more publicity. But hey, it's life. It's life. Yeah, I remember callback. You told Markel go to Detroit, and nobody gonna see you. Yeah, that's so fact. Now we're going to Detroit. Not by looking. Oh, oh, no, 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 I think that this this playoff run could be potentially important for Blake Griffin's legacy because Blake Griffin was on the path to being one of the greatest power forwards ever. In, in terms of like statistics, statistics wise, Facts. I think by make having a deep playoff run would legitimize him as a number one option because a lot of people are thinking that maybe he can only be second fiddle to a guy like a Chris Paul. Showing by I feel like Blake, think. Blake Griffin should be a man on a mission. And he should try to at least win at least one series without, you know, as the lead guy. It'd probably be almost impossible for that team that he's currently on to win, to go past the second round because they'll be going against the Sixers and the Celtics and the Raptors and the Bucks. And that's that, that is, that's a no-go for them. I don't see them beating them at all. But he got to be able to get the fifth seed, or if he get the fourth seed, they definitely got – Hopefully the Pistons get the fourth seed because he would they would not be able to beat none of them teams. I just said they need to get the fourth seed and potentially play against maybe like the Hornets, the Heat, the Magic, and even if those teams aren't that good, beating them in a playoff series, I feel like would legitimize Blake Griffin more. Or, or what do you think, Delon? Or do you think that people will say he still can't get past the second round and they'll use that against Blake Griffin? See, I don't think historically we would, I don't think we remember the deep playoff runs. We remember the seeding. Cause like in the generation that we have yeah. now, the yeah, last team, the last team that I remember that wasn't the Celtics, Cavs, the LeBron led teams, then the Warriors and then Spurs, or Hawks. That one year for some reason they just went off for no reason, and they got they got yeah. the one seed. So I think that's what's more important. So I think Blake got to climb up a little bit because the deep playoff run. If you yeah. get knocked out by LeBron, you just another nigga that got like not not LeBron. You got knocked out by the Celtics. You just another person who got knocked out by the Celtics on their way. So you just got to be the you got to be well the team put. that came out of nowhere that season and gave somebody trouble. Exactly, I guess exactly what you're saying. You got to put your stamp on the season by beating yep. them guys by simply being beaten by them. You just end up being lost in the annals of time. Nobody yeah. remembers second, third. Nobody. Some people remember second. A few remember third. Nobody remember fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth place. Mm-hmm. And we'll put. Because even if you go, because even if you go back to like the um, oh, perfect example. Remember how the Pacers and the Bulls used to be? They used to be like number one, number two seed, and they get washed by LeBron, and then none of them years matter. Yep. Yeah. Or even yeah. then, I don't remember. You don't, don't want to be that. I don't, don't want to be that. No thing is, I don't even remember what the rest of the Eastern Conference was doing at that time. Like, I have I, no clue. I like I really I just don't know remember. The, the heat was running through everybody. Thanks. Damn, you they know. Came out wrong. Yeah, they did. That's why I paused. I know. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> we're gonna get right before we get left. Sorry, y'all. Moving on to the next topic. This is this is another one of core favorites. Um, someone I've, I've actually been avoiding getting into um, talking about this guy because one, I thought he was just a passing fancy, another fad, and this era of trendy rappers. And fa- yes, I want to talk about Blueface, who has become a viral sensation, and it's practically everybody on the internet talking about him. They're either making video clips of his um videos and using them for memes or they're using his lyrics for memes or they're po- now people are posting his freestyles on twitter talking about oh this guy's next up this guy's i love this guy y'all need to start hating them and start supporting them and i'll say this one of my biggest beefs well i'm gonna ask, let me stop let me stop let me get ahead of myself let me ask y'all this cordon delon is blueface the next big thing i don't know which one of y'all niggas in that group chat put that nigga on my timeline <laughs> Bamba, sick of it. Y'all, y'all threw that topic in group chat. The next minute, he was on my timeline, and I was fucking mad. I guarantee it was cool. freestyle. I guarantee it was cool. It was that freestyle. I was watching. It, and I was like, all right, wait for it. I'm like, oh, this that nigga. Oh, this that nigga. The Drake. Why the fuck? I feel like <laughs> this nigga just came out of nowhere. As soon as Takashi got locked up, so we need uh, a tattoo face ass ignorance. nigga. We need some ignorance. And I just. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a joke? I don't know. Before you know, listen, before we this. did this topic, or before we did this podcast, I had to go watch like three videos on this man. So I had to make sure we wasn't making fun of nobody that we wasn't supposed to be making fun of. And and no, he's just he, I was look, I was trying to keep the, the podcast PC. I wasn't trying to get some trouble. But nah, this man just can't he's just really offbeat like that. And like yeah. I I don't I don't get it. I mean Earl did it, but when Earl did it. He wasn't rhyming cat with sat and hat. I don't know. That's Corey. You gotta explain yourself. Is is okay? Okay, I got you. I got you. What you got, Corey? What makes Blueface the person that he is? Remember the episode we were talking about? What makes a like like what is a great quality of a raffle? Yeah, Blueface quality is the fact that he always he got quotables. Like it's just some odd reason. No matter what he says, it finds a way to stick. And I think the fact that he, I think the fact that since he offbeat, you hear more clearly than anything else. So if he say something wild or he say something to catch your attention, it sticks with you a little bit easier. And, and also, y'all look at it this way. If you look at the West Coast rappers, one thing that make the West Coast so popular is the fact that they make party music. But if you look at, I mean, like Nipsey Hussle album, really a party album. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. YG fell off, like you know, lack of project meant some big mid. Yeah. So that lane been kind of open. So if you look at artists like Kendrick and Vince Staples, you know, like you know, they been kind of dipping in, like, oh, let me make some LA party music. And I feel like Blueface kind of came out at the perfect time because if you look at Takashi Nine, the troll rapper, he in jail. So it's a lot of you know, you know, like like so he, ain't been nobody to make me. You know, like ain't been no memes, I ain't been no video clips or nothing like that. So Blueface found two open lanes, and he just took both of them. I I can't really hate him for that. And then and then to add on to that, he got Drake co-signed. So he got like the holy trinity, the in internet popularity. <laughs> Drake might be rapping. Listen, I can't listen, wait. This nigga, I don't even know if I dislike Blueface yet because I just don't understand. Like, okay, he's okay, like, okay. Like, like, like Takashi. Takashi meets Boonk. And that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Either of those niggas individually, both. but then to damn. 
Okay, I'll say this. For me personally, <laughs> I feel the exact same way as you. The first time I heard it, I'm like, this nigga cannot rap at all. He can't find a beat, which is I'm learning is either intentional or maybe he could just never can find it. Period. So he just says, "I'll just rap out style. I'll rap out." Beat. He had to make sure he didn't have a condition. Style. Yeah, and so he can't rap on beat. Well, he can because I saw a video of him rapping on beat. Yeah, he can. He actually can. He that was that was his style. He he has very simple rhyme schemes, like you said. Uh, there's no there's no real order to the stuff he's to his raps or anything like that. He by by every measure, he's a bad rapper. Outside of the fact, but I will agree record this. He do have these quotables. He do have these lines that stick. And they stick not because they're hard. Some of them are hard. A couple of them are hard. Yeah, so some, are, some are kind of hard. They're actually hilarious. At the end of the day, music, while 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 listening to lyricists and lyrical rap and well put thought out rap can be entertaining and enjoyable. Sometimes ignorance is just funny. And, so, and that's entertaining. Sometimes ignorance is just funny. And I'll say this. When you mention like, guys like Bunk and Takashi, they were acting out outside their music to draw people in. Bunk is actually drawing people to his music with his music. Like, people are actually, like, people are actually falling for him. And Wait, you mean Blueface? Yeah, Blueface. Who did I say? I said Bunk. Yeah, said Bunk. Yeah, them niggas, they, they look alike to me. Exactly. I never noticed that the lines in it. Listen, <laughs> but I, listen, see I'm, I want y'all to yeah. know, though, I tried. I, I, I listened to the whole mixtape. I wasted a whole 20 minutes of my life. I had I had, that, I had Genius open. I tried to, I couldn't find the, the bob, the head bob. I couldn't find it. Cause hey, bro, I'm the beat you, was doing this, but I'm, he was doing this. I'm going to say this the line. The beat, was, the beat was Miller rocking, but he was Harlem shaking. Something like something. I'm going to say this line. Give it a year. Give it a year. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna give him the same thing. The same thing I'm, say, I'm saying about him is what I said about Young Thug. I feel but like hey, Blueface is one of them rappers when you first go. That's that's disrespectful. Oh no no no! I mean I mean like I'm, I'm top tier Young Thug stand. I'm, te- I'm telling you, when Young Thug first came out, everybody said, I don't "What is it. this? This is terrible. I don't get it, and I don't understand it." And it took a year, like it pretty much it took him dropping so many songs to the point where you grew to understand it and now everybody loves it. I feel like this will blue face to go. So okay, like even YG. Like if you look at like if, if you look at E40, YG, you look at rappers like Sugar Free, like all them West Coast artists, they all kind of rap like that. But the more but the more famous they get, the more they have to oh, oh yeah, 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 okay, like the more they have to convert. The more they have to make their music listenable for people outside of their city, and I think Blueface music is gonna change. Like, but that here's the scary thing: what if instead of that, like y'all said, Drake gonna start rapping on beat, uh, Quavo about to start rapping on beat? What if he changes the music to everybody start rapping on beat and starts doing that shit? My God, that would be worse. I almost said you know it. Mero said the other day, I not don't. Mero said the other day that all influences aren't good influences, and I definitely agree. If yes, niggas start, if niggas start rapping on beat because of Blueface. That ain't good. That ain't good at all. I'm, I'm gonna say this though: it's not gonna work for them because none of them will be able to make the type of lines that Blueface do. And then, even if you look at Drake, whenever Drake kind of steals somebody's flow, like he only do it for like a, like two, three songs that he gonna be on. Like yeah. I highly doubt he gonna pull up with an entire on the dead lokes. I'm a crip Drake. Like like I highly doubt he gonna do that. Like, he he like fifty songs of YG, and I ain't heard. 
Yeah, he really is. I over there, like he this on the game, he this on YG. I don't feel like he ever, you know, like he ain't never go too far and try to steal. They sound like I, I hope he don't do a Listen, face. Versace by Versace by Migos. That nigga took that and ran. But at the same time, can he really drop something? Can he really drop anything worse than what he dropped in the past three years? Like, can it really get worse? Well, you see, I, I think the long speaking on like hip hop in general, what if they all try to, you know, mimic Blueface by making seemingly purposefully, you know, sabotaging their music sound? Yeah, because I'm not necessarily saying like I'm not necessarily saying like I'm afraid Drake's music is gonna fall off. It's just. Drake, Drake will take something from somebody who is relatively lesser known, and then Drake will do it, and then people start doing because Drake does it, and that's the scary thing that might yeah. come up. Yeah, yeah, butterfly fit. I think that's the right word. I think probably the not. only, I think only is it, it's probably not going to happen because if you, especially if you look at West Coast mm-hmm. rap, the only thing, at least in the past like ten years, the only thing people really took from West Coast rap was like DJ Mustard Beats. <laughs> Like whatever everybody do on the West Coast, the rest of the hip hop just be like, all right, y'all keep yeah. it over there. Like that's true. Yeah. That's been true for like y'all, y'all can have yeah. it. Y'all can have it. That's been true for almost all time too. Like most, I'm like this. I don't think hip hop. I don't think like, hip hop is ever. Can't really copy it. Yeah, I don't think the West Coast has ever dictated what hip hop does. In all it, more, it more does culture instead of the music directly. Yeah, yeah, like fashion, yeah. game, yeah. stuff like that. But the actual like music, nah, nah, not All right, listen, so we gonna come back in a week, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give Blueface more time. We gonna see what's what. Well, so I'm about, go. So I'm, but we ain't got a week. I got some blue. I listened to his mixtapes too this morning, in order to prepare myself for this topic. It's time for rate the bars. <laughs> I want you, Delon and Core. I want y'all to rate these bars on a scale of one to you five. You got right cadence too. That's important. That's that's that. Just, just that be as wrong important. as possible. That's all you have to do. Just no commas. All right. Okay. Here we go. Now that's going to go tough. Okay. Y'all ready? Blue face versus your nigga, little baby. That's like Benz versus. Four. It feels like Blue Face wrote his like like that was like that's not like my first rap <laughs> when I did like a character presentation in fifth grade. <laughs> what you giving it? The love, man? I'm gonna give that a two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it to as well. It's two dicks in my pants for a bitch, and a Five. nigga that want me. Fuck off! It's like hey, I, 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 I ain't quite hear that. <laughs> say, say one time. He said, "It's two dicks in my pants for a bitch, and a nigga that want me to fuck off his life." Mm. Five. Five. <laughs> hey, go to, go to the next bar. <laughs> go to the next bar. Hey, the first time I heard that line, I said, wait a minute. I got to wind it back. I, I did he wild it. And I said, nah, that's hard. That's hard. That's, that's hard to learn. Here's the next one. I get a bitch without working a muscle. Why these niggas steady flexing? Four. I get a five. I get a five. Oh, that's, that's nice. That was smooth. All right. These lyrics are very explicit, by the way. That, like every other line that, is like yeah, this. Like, yeah. I'm not picking the worst lines in the song. All his lines are like this. Treat the pussy like it's smoky. Take this big worm. <laughs> <laughs> that's an eight. That's an eight. That's an eight. <laughs> the high school possible. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, good. The most infamous line. She say, I'm the next big thing. Shut up and suck this big thing. Ten. Repeat that one more time. She say, I'm the next big thing. Shut up and suck this big thing. Man, entendres. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it a five. Give it a five. Here we go. Mop the floor and hide the wet sign just to catch him slipping. Pull up, bounce out with a briefcase. It's time to handle business. That's a, that's a nine. That's a nine right there. That's a nine. Oh my god! I'm telling y'all, it's the like it's the quotables. Like I almost like I'm gonna say this. Other than the game, I think like one of the biggest criticisms people have about one of a huge criticism people have about a bunch of West Coast rappers that they don't have quotables, aka Kendrick. Blueface that came out in like in a span of a month and got like a billion quotables. He do. I'm not even done yet. Y'all ready? I don't know. I never let the beef get cold. Nigga, where's the meat? <laughs> oh, I hate this nigga. Damn. I hate this nigga. I hate this nigga. I hate this nigga. If he don't get a Wendy sponsor by the end of the year, I'm going to be highly upset. Hey, Corey, keep this nigga <laughs> off my timeline. Hold on. Hold on. Dirty round, leave his stomach see through like an ultrasound. Five. I'll say five. Yeah. 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 Big four, big four. I'm getting out of the six. I'm getting Gucci. out of the six. Yeah, you felt that. Gucci belt, my pants sagging to the meat show. Yeah, right, bitch. Welcome to the meat show. Mm. Listen to you. And here. Last one. Clip full of movie scenes. Shoot his ass up. Blue face. I'm gonna say this. If he like, if he. Blueface need to be a ghostwriter for a lot of people, fam. Like, he can just sell quotables to rappers. Like, I'm, I'm for real. Like, I don't say this. Like, these are some pretty good punchlines. It lines. sounds... Like, I, I can't even It stunt. just sounds like, I was, like, like I was, a nigga with tattoos is making, like, a series of dad jokes. <laughs> but <laughs> but your dad but your dad is a crip. Okay, wait. Okay, was, okay, wait, wait. I don't think that was Jacquez. I was like, re- I was like, just set, telling him every blue face line I remember, and we were sitting there just laughing, just laughing at just the lines themselves. I said, you know, this guy is entertaining, and that's why I see him as I see him as more of a comedian, more so than a rapper. I think that's why I'm able to enjoy his music more because I don't judge him by you know typical rap standards, which you know that's not fair. But at the same time, I'm not calling him the best rapper out, or even saying he has one of the best rap projects by no means. No, but he, he is definitely all it is. But he definitely is one of the most entertaining people I've listened to this year by far. Man, I got hot stomach hurt. I got to cool off. He got me hot, fam. That was that was that was lyrical venom. <laughs> it is. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say is. I feel like Blueface. If if he go ahead and sign to the right team, Blueface is gonna be. He gonna be in a 21 savage. YG category. He's a what? Didn't he sign a Birdman? 
Oh my God, he well, is. Well, it's, it's a rap. It's a rap man. Is he next up? Is that rap, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a good run. He had a good run. Six months. Damn, I forgot about that. Blueface, we enjoy. We've enjoyed everything you've done for us up to this point. Thank you. RP. 2018 and 2018. Well, I'll put that man on the shelf. Yeah, I'll put that nigga on the shelf for Mac Main. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, real Birdman sound like that white dude that was like the fake Justin Bieber. And he never dropped the album. I remember that shit. Remember that shit. Who? Is Austin uh, That boy's name is Austin Yeah, Austin Mahoney. Austin Mahoney. He bought him a Lambo and I never saw him again. He YouTube home page for like a solid month. He was, re- he was signed to Birdman? Yes. I think, I think Why? I don't know, but he did it. Hey, don't sleep. Uh, Cash Money also had Paris Hilton. They you know what they did. They, they did. did. I was randomly checking the roster one day and I saw her, she was on there. Not because I heard on the song. I just happened to see her on the roster. And Chanel West Coast. <laughs> Legend. Mm-hmm. So, so the <laughs> random white people and just giving them contracts. Yeah, you got to make his money somehow. Dude, he's taking, Paris, right. he take, he take money from Paris Hilton. I'm sure she hasn't noticed. <laughs> I feel like she does. You know, I, I don't know. You know what it was? I think she was a DJ at one point. I think she was like DJing. What the hell? Oh, she still do. I think she still, I think she still do. Yeah. It's so weird. Baby, you gotta think about it. If you pay a children, what else can you do other than like I mean like you going to the club anyway, you might as well get a check. Bro, I wonder I wonder what a Paris Hilton set sounds like. I don't. I I wanna know. All, the, wanna all, know. The, all the young money tracks that they ain't get paid for. <laughs> Playing gutter gut in the club, boo. <laughs> you get a whole set list of loose twisting gutter gutter. Oh, oh my god. So let's go on to the next topic. <laughs> we actually we we actually on blue we was actually on blue face and Blake Griffin for a good minute. I expect us to be there that long. But Gold. going on to the next topic, I want to talk to you guys about Kevin Durant's comments. Kevin Durant in a recent interview, I think he got interviewed after the game, post-game, pre-game, I don't know which one it was, sat down with somebody. He basically got in and he went and explained that how he understands why superstars like Kawhi wouldn't want to go play with LeBron James because it's a toxic environment that when you go there, LeBron has fanboys who will spin a narrative any way that he wants it to go, and they'll make the players look bad they'll, and make him look good at all times. You By going with LeBron, it's all about him and him only. Is it safe to say KD will not be a Laker? No, nah, because he's a snake, so you never know. He spoke back, though. I give him negative. What about you, Delon? I think that Kevin Durant has made uh, has made a point over his career to try to throw people off by directly saying the opposite of what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. I, I don't uh, think it's in. He spoke fake, so I don't trust what he's saying. So, I don't, I don't think it's in. I don't even think it's like a he's a – I mean, he is, but I don't even think it's like a he's a snake kind of thing. I just think he really likes fucking with the press, so he's going to give him the wrong shit. They call him a snake. <laughs> well, which is weird because which, which is weird, which is weird because before he left Oklahoma, the media loved Kevin Durant. Like they never talked bad about Kevin him. Durant was they one of the most through. likable players in the NBA until until Steph Curry until he pulled then, a snake and then he went to the Golden State. And it wasn't even the media calling him a snake; it was just everyday average NBA fans. But he'd be taking his rage out. It was also I don't know. I'm gonna tell you what it was. Kevin Durant thought 
that the media was gonna protect him the way they did LeBron, and they didn't. And I think that's what hurt him the most. Well, I ain't gonna say hurt him the most. But I think that's what hurt his relationship with the media. Because when LeBron went to the Heat, everybody was like, "Well, well you gotta look at his situation." He didn't like, like remember around that time, everybody was taking LeBron's side. But when Kevin Durant, you know, probably like Kevin Durant, he was like, well, "I'm gonna do the same thing LeBron did." And when everybody, y'all okay, yeah, when everybody crucified Kevin Durant. He thought the media was gonna hold him down like they did LeBron, and they was like, "Nah, you a snake." You know, they, I, I will say that they did kind of egg it on as well. Like Cruz Busar was probably the only Cruz Busar was the Cruz Busar was the only person that defended KD, and nobody listened to Cruz Busar, so it don't matter. Yeah, try to Cruz Busar though, and his sources. <laughs> so yeah, so y'all agree with KD, or is he just hating, or is he doing both? Is he hating? I agree with the truth. He's speaking facts. You right? He's speaking facts. I would when I like when I first saw the when I first saw the headline, I was like, ah, he hating. Then when I read it, and he was basically saying, if you Kyle Corver, the best thing for you to do is to go play for LeBron. If you JJ Reddick, if you was three point specialist, if you a center that they, they can't do nothing to defend, like if you are a great one sided player, go play with LeBron. But if you a superstar that want to make your own legacy, don't go there because if LeBron because if LeBron don't win, Shannon Sharp, Nick Wright. All them people go say it's your fault, and they're gonna minimize your impact. And talk exactly. to I'll give you a perfect example. I think Paul George wanted to be a Laker more than anything, but when he realized LeBron was going, there, he said, "Nah, it's a wrap. I can't go." And you got the. I feel like Paul George had Woj. Actually, he made. Did, wait, didn't he make a decision before LeBron? He did make a decision before hey, LeBron. By that, I think by that, yeah, he knew LeBron was going about that point. He didn't want to take that risk by committing. Because I'm going to say this. If you go to the Lakers as Paul George and you lose, it ain't LeBron's fault. It's Paul George's fault for not being playoff P. If he go anywhere in the playoffs of the Thunder, we're going to give him all the credit. Well, I'm going to give him some credit. I'm going to tell you what. I will give Laker fans this much. Because Laker fans would have said it was both them niggas' faults. They would have drugged LeBron through the ground. And they're going to drag him through the ground. When they lose, when that yeah. time comes, best believe LeBron is gonna be his head. They gonna be on his head. I kind of can't wait for it. LeBron, my man, I love LeBron. But the fact he went to the Lakers, then he the ops now. So I just I want and him. Gonna say, and I'm gonna say this: if you look at what KD was saying, look at Brandon Ingram right now, right now. Like if you look at the past two years, all Laker fans is oh he the next KD. Oh, you know, we got a great young core. It's so great. And if you look at how the media talking about the Lakers, is trade the young players, get rid of the assets. LeBron don't want these young people around him. He don't want to play with novices. So if you kind of look at what KD saying, you know, LeBron, it does turn it turn it turned a nice young fun team into a toxic environment. We about to be mention, out. Not to mention uh LeBron ignoring play calls from Luke Walton. And also, Magic Johnson come and tell Luke Walton, I want you to know you're on the hot seat eight games into the season. Even though last year, it was Luke is the coach of the future. He's doing a great job with our young players. One person come and you know everything different. And not necessarily for the best. The team is, you know, producing and winning. But as far as 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 perception, because a lot of people went from thinking that Brandon Ingram was an SKD to thinking he Andrew Wiggins now. He was always Andrew Wiggins to me. He was he was always Andrew Wiggins to me. I kind of bought the hype going into this season thinking he would become most improved, but he didn't improve, so he's still bad. So I was I knew he was bad to begin with, and he could just stay bad. 
Hey man, if all those fails come to the Pistons, laying a second chance is we got you. I don't say what it's funny because Laker fans were defending Brandon Ingram when he swung on Chris Paul, but now, but now they realizing that nigga sucks and he's just a guy. He's just a bad player with a bad attitude. Now they don't want him on the team anymore. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. It's the LeBron. It's the LeBron effect. I'm gonna say this. Another example of what KD was saying. Remember last year when the Cavs and the season first started, Cavs he got Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade and Jay Crowder. The whole media was saying, "Oh, this is a nice team. It's a championship team. LeBron got all these pieces. They they gonna work well under him." Twenty thirty games into the season, they all got eliminated. Even LeBron said, bro, we got a fucking squad. Yeah. Went from that, went from that to being just absolute trash. How did he carry this? How did he get to the finals with this team? By himself. <laughs> LeBron everybody else is bombs. <laughs> Even though in the playoffs, everybody else on the team was a bomb. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna I ain't gonna take that away from LeBron. No, no, I ain't gonna stunt. Them niggas were bombs. Like they were bad. They were. But in the regular season, they weren't that bad. LeBron's second best player for a lot of that playoff run was J.R. Smith. No, it, it was it was J.R. Uh, yeah, it was Kyle Corver, actually. You're right. It was Kyle Corver. And in between Love and uh J.R. That says a lot. That says a lot. About the Shady Osman. Shout out to Shady Osman trying to be the next LeBron. If you ever sat and watched Le- Seti Osman play, his mannerisms on the court is just like LeBron. Like the way he brings the ball to the court, pass and shoot is is yeah. is all LeBron esque, and I think that's hilarious. Because he don't. Have- LeBron living, he wrote like that long letter saying that he idolized when he's gonna take his whole game. Shout to Shady. Seti did that. Yeah. That's the last- he came out. He was. Ready. Yeah, came out. He was basically saying like, "Yeah, man, you know, he changed the way I look at the game. I'm gonna play all. I'm play all different and all that." I'm saying what? Look at him. That's the last nigga he need to be copying because you can't you can't do the things LeBron James do. <laughs> You're not LeBron. <laughs> You're not LeBron. Hey, I can't hate him for trying. That's like one of the few people on this planet you cannot mimic. No matter how much you train, you cannot mimic LeBron James. Shout out to Osman and his love letters and his um love affair with LeBron. All right, so we're at the last topic of the evening. Uh, we talked. Briefly about Earl Sweatshirt on the last podcast, but we didn't really talk about the album. We more so talked about the length of the album and how short albums seem to be dominating this year. I want to know, what are y'all thoughts on Earl Sweatshirt's approach on some rap songs? Do y'all feel like he, you know, he went with the whole lo-fi sound, purposely, purposely not mixing the music and just allowing his vocals and the beat to kind of, you know, kind of be at odds with each other the entire, that's the best choice of words I can use. The beat and and his lyrics and his words were at odds with each other the entire time. Sometimes the words, sometimes his lyrics were completely drowned out by the production. How do y'all feel about his approach for this album? I... See, I have been a huge OF fan, a big Earl Sweatshirt fan since back in the day. I was one of them kids. And I remember when Earl came back, <clears throat> this was before my mama trusted iTunes shit, so I couldn't buy nothing. So I was watching. So <laughs> one of the first songs he, he was on when he came back was Super Rich Kids with Frank Ocean. And I was on YouTube listening to the song, and I was reading the comments. And one of the first comments that I saw was, uh, Earl isn't going to be one of the greats with this slow flow. 
And I'm like, that's bullshit, blah, 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 blah. But then he just really doesn't want to be one of the greats. And that's like cool from an aspect of, damn, he's doing it how he wants to do it. But from the aspect of a fan, it's like, damn, this nigga isn't ever going to get his credit if he keeps doing this shit like this. Yeah. And I love I love that album he just dropped. I listened to it so many times, blah, 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 blah. But it's hard to watch this nigga just like purposely just not. Because his, his skills have not diminished at all. No, not, not at all. At all. But for, he, for some reason, he just purposely does not want to be one of the greats. But see, I'm going to say this. Earl Sweatshirt, from my understanding, like listening to him in interviews and listening um, to even in his music and how he competes with other MCs, he definitely wants to be one of the greats. But it seems like he's trying to carve his way in his own way. Because, like, you know, to be honest with you, I don't, the way he's going about it, <clears throat> I don't think he could become one of the pillars of rap. You know, we talk about that all the time on this, on this podcast about how Kendrick Jake Cole, um, Kendrick J. Cole and um, damn, how to forget the biggest one, Drake. How they are the biggest names of rap, and how guys like JID, Saba, um, IDK, how these guys somehow one day eclipse them and become the new pillars to stand up and rap. I we never talk about Earl Sweatshirt, and it's not because we forgot who about Earl Sweatshirt. It's because we know he doesn't have that mass appeal, and that's mostly because of the way his music sounds. Like you'll never hear an Earl Sweatshirt song on the radio. You'll never hear an Earl Sweatshirt song in the club. That's perfectly fine because you could be a great artist that way. Because Kendrick Lamar used to be that same way. But the problem is that it's hard to become that without a huge mindless following behind you. And you need that mindless, mind-numbing, or just seemingly accessible sound so that you can just gain those kind of bandwagon fans who just love anything and everything you do. And see, that's crazy because when he came in with Odd Future, he was saying the wild shit. So he had all the white kids, all the young kids. There was like this, that nigga. But then the way he yeah. put words together was elite. And this nigga was 16. So yes. all heads were like, he might be next up. We got to see what he does. And then he purposely shrinks his fan base smaller and smaller and smaller. So only those who really fuck with him give a fuck. And the people who fuck with him give a fuck. Yeah. But it's like, you could it, do it if you wanted to. Yeah, no, I see. I completely understand what you're saying because the thing is, if you're somebody who had never heard Earl Sweatshirt before and you see a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, Earl Sweatshirt back, that's my boy. I can't wait to see what his new album sound like. like. Damn, you know, everybody been talking about Earl Sweatshirt. Let me tune in. And the first thing you hear is that first song. You're like, bro, what the hell is this nigga doing? Like, I can't hear him. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> And because we know Earl Swisher is a lyricist and we know he doesn't waste any words or lines, we're tuned in. We're trying to figure out what he's saying. We're, we're going to take that time out to figure out what's Earl's end goal. But a new fan won't do that. Someone, yep. who, just, someone who just got introduced to Earl or barely understands him aren't going to do that. They're going to tune him out and they're not going to listen to him. He only sold 28000 his first week, which, like I said, sales don't matter. It doesn't dictate what's good and what's great. But legacy-wise... Numbers kind of do because the more people behind you to keep your legacy alive, you know, the, the longer your your memories will be stored in the in the um, long scheme of hip hop. Mm -hmm. Of course, hip hop heads will remember you, but once those guys you know kind of die out, who's gonna carry on your name in the future? Which is, this is not a for me. For me, this is not a dig at Earl. 
I love the approach because he's staying true to himself and doing what he believes is right. I feel like the mixing as a the terrible mixing as another layer to this album with the disjointed flows and lines and the disjointed thoughts. It kind of just adds to the frenzy and the chaotic nature of the album. That's why I dig it. I love it. But like I said, this is not something just anybody can just pick up and love. It's something you got to sit with and actually pour some time and effort into it. What do you think, Cord? I'm going to say, I like the album. I really enjoyed it because y'all know I love anything that's lo-fi and I got to like go digging and screw. You know, I got to go searching for, you know, you know, like certain lines and stuff like this. So I like a challenge when it comes to the album. Yeah. And I feel like when they come to his career, I, I mean, like, I don't think he ruined his career. I'm over this way. I respect them when artists, they do stuff on their own terms and they don't chase being a pillar because I'm over this way. You would rather want, I'd rather want to be an artist that does whatever I want on my own terms to be an artist that chase after trends, that chase after being number one, and they chase being a pillar because if it doesn't work out, you sacrifice years worth for your music, you sacrifice your career, you sacrifice your fans, all just to fall flat. So, so if you look at somebody like Earl, all his projects, you know, I mean, like other than his first one, all his projects, they used to be kind of short. They used to be lo-fi. The beats used to be a little distorted. The project, you know, yeah. be real kind of like depressing and dark and gritty. But I feel like this one, it was just more chopped up than you know than the other ones used. Yeah, to be. he he just went farther left but, than he normally does. Yeah, I don't think there's like a bad thing though. No, no music. And it would make it. And, and, He's a said, music wise, like music, like I hate the terrible mixing, but it's it's clear there's a purpose to it, and it serves a purpose on yeah. the project. Like you can feel, like you can. I'm like this: if you read why he did what he did, or even if you didn't read, if you just listen to the music, it makes more sense in the context of the album. Why the why the music? What Earl is saying. Yeah, that's why I don't feel. That's why I don't fault him on a musical standpoint. With Delon is saying he faults him because if he feels like if, if Earl's really serious about being one of greats, he'll do he'll be showcasing his lyrical ability while also garnering the attention and love of everyone. Yeah. Like he'll like he's gonna make he's gonna like do like this. Earl, I mean like Kendrick Lamar was in a similar situation where his music wasn't perceived as something that could be played anywhere outside of your earphones. But Earl, but Kendrick Lamar said, I'm gonna become the best rapper alive and I'm gonna make Myself, your favorite rapper, and your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Earl doesn't care about that second part. He just cares about showcasing that he could be the best rapper alive. He doesn't care yeah. about being everybody's favorite. And that's and that's where his approach to this album comes in, where he could have easily done the mixing correct, and he probably would have drawn in. It'd be easier for newer people to listen to. But he said, nah, this is a crazy, this is a, an idea I have. It's going to probably turn off a lot of people, but I don't care because this is my project. I know I got the bars to back it up, and nobody can be able to question my skill. And see, and see, the thing about Earl is, you said like he doesn't care about it. I think he actively does not want it because if you listen to his lyrics, if you listen to like, or if you pay attention to like, yeah, like he don't want the extra. Yeah, like Earl Sweatshirt as the as as a character, he does not want that thing. So it makes sense, yeah. and, it, and, and the, for the narrative of the album, it definitely makes sense. But like, damn! Yeah. I just wish he can get one so he'd be like, "See, see, see what we've been talking about." But 
I think it's I think it's I think Earl deals with the same thing almost all um artists deal with. It's the fact that they think they want to be the greatest and they want the mass appeal and success and attention. But once they start to get it, they realize that it's hard to be under that public eye twenty four seven. That's what led, that's what he said led to his extended absence. Um prior before the release of the album is the fact he said he got kind of just sick and tired of being in the public eye so he kind of went you know off the radar until he felt prepared to be Earl's sweatshirt again he came back with drugs. so i feel like Earl, I, yes yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think i think that's a way better look too that nigga look mighty weird with a, with a low cut hairline and also i will say and also i will say this is it really worth it to chase after fame and being the best? And see, it not, it doesn't because to be honest with you, Drake did it's only, that. Drake it can did only that. be one. Yeah, it's it's hard to be both. It's hard to be everybody's favorite while simultaneously and being the best. Because Drake was, I'm like this. I never felt like Drake was the best rapper out, even when he was at his peak. But plenty of people would have went to bat to say he was. Now. People don't really say Drake's the best rapper alive. They just say he makes good music. Yeah. The people who do still go to bat for Drake. Which is still alive. And he has tons. He has millions of more fans than he had in the past. But his standing in rap has diminished severely. And his music suffered. Even Kendrick. People are starting to try to diminish his his standing in in the rap standings. Because of um, how he has been garnering more attention and more outside appeal and because of saying, damn yeah and people are saying like oh is he really the best so that's the thing that's the thing about it so that's what i say it's a it's a tricky tightrope i don't think earl no matter what he did could have made himself more appealing with his so style see, i don't even i don't no. even know if it's mainstream because like for me as a fan of the earl to do exactly what he's doing as a fan of earl of i wish yeah. he could carve like the lane of a black thought or a Lupe, because I feel like that's what he could be doing—not necessarily the Kendrick ah, okay. or the Drake, but the black thought. You know what? Lupe. I get what you're saying because there's, to me, there's like three. There's three levels yeah. of the mainstream. There's the mainstream where you with Drake and Logic and Post Malone. Then there's the underground. What almost like this? There's the underground, quote unquote, which is kind of like Lupe and Black Thought. And then there's the under real underground. With MF Doom, your old Droog, uh, Rock, Marciano, Rock Marciano, like I feel like the cast. The nigga with the Hitler mixtapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I found I found a listen to that too. I forgot to tell you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, I didn't listen to Hermes. Where's I ain't I ain't even listen to Hitler. Where's Hermes? I listened to um Fly God and I listened to Supreme Blind Tale, which I thought those two were good. But I didn't listen to um. Hitler's where Hermes. I started to and I stopped. About I can't to a review why. episode. Yeah, it is. But yeah, you know, it actually is. I tend to, we, we aren't really going that in depth on Earl's album, though. I tend to review it in the future, but since we aren't going to be doing reviews anytime soon, it's probably pretty good that we're going thoroughly into this. But, damn, what were we saying? About oh, me? you said three levels of dream. Oh, more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level <laughs> yeah, and I said, like, a casual fan will probably. He'll he'll definitely know Drake. He'll probably like I know he'll know Lupe Fiasco name. But if you mention Rock Marciano, which is like yeah. an average hip hop fan, they ain't gonna know who the hell that is. That's the that's more so the territory that Earl Sweatshirt is approaching. He might never get there though because of his odd future ties. 
But in the future, yeah. he'll probably home to that. In the future, though, he'll probably be closer. He might be very close to that third tier super underground where next or only dust heads know who he is. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. I know. And that's, you know, as a fan of Earl, I'd hate that because I want the world to know how great he is. Kind of like what DeLon is saying. I totally understand what you're saying, DeLon. But the thing is, I don't know what he could have done. Well, like I, uh, I take that back. You said he, you're right. He could have done. He didn't have to do the terrible mixing. I feel like he could have got his point across without doing that. All but, I know is there's certain songs I can't play in my car versus on my earphones. Like I, I got to choose. I got to choose an outlet for how to play some of songs. You cannot play all all how many songs? Fifteen of those songs in one spot. Yeah. I got some of songs. And I will. And I and I will also say this, and I don't know. I don't know what this means. I don't know if this. I don't know if this is bad for me or the album. But the best on the album is the one with his mom and dad talking. I don't know how to explain it. It just is. What? It is. December twenty. Don't ask me why. That's the song I listen to the most. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna say the instrumental in the background is mad soothing. It is. His parents and his dad talk. You know, his dad and mom talking is also pretty cool. But that fact, my favorite song though, this is like, hey, let me let me put the Earl on. He goes, he goes to the song with no Earl on it. <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> nah, Brian's trying to hear. I'm trying to hear the parents. I'm trying to hear where the greatness come from. That's the greatest acceptance speech I've ever heard in my life. Turning on, take care. He's buried alive in a loop with Kendrick. And I said, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I do do that. I do do that. I ain't gonna stunt. I'm saying I thought that was a cool concept though, with him talking, you know, talking to his mom. We know having his mom and dad. Cause he just spent his whole career talking about his parents, but we ain't never like seen or heard them. So I thought it was kind of cool for yeah. him to do that. Yeah, and it was basically like saying, I, you know, I accept my, I love my son, and I do this for him, and he's the reason. I feel like he's gonna be special one day, and you know, he was gonna present this album to him, and you know, it's kind of sad his dad passed before he could. Yeah. As man, I, that's a that's a terrible cosmic joke. Be honest with you, for that to happen. Yeah, then it happened to the grandma on doors too. Yeah. Damn. Damn. But see, it's even crazy because I think his his grandmother passed before he recorded, right before he started recording doors, I think. But you know, his, he had already yeah. finished he had finished this album and he was going to send it to his dad, and then his dad died before he, he sent it. And then like the last two songs on the album. Are the only songs that were made after his dad died, and those bar- those are barely songs. The ones are instrumental, and the other one is that nigga, you know, disjointedly rapping like that. So, I think the album's dope. I love it. Yep. It's it's I, it's it's in my top ten at rap albums. A lot of people say that about every album. This is legitimately in my top ten. I don't see it moving for this year. Yeah. Uh. Now you're top ten chord. Yeah, I won't say all that. Nah, it's in, it's I like it though. I like I, I, I like it though. I just if my favorite song on the album, you ain't even know. I don't think I can put you in my top ten. Of course, that blue face might drop it in the year. You might drop it. Big fat. Gotta say that number ten spot. No, gotta gotta say it. Yeah, do I? I only think I got a top ten for this year. I just been listening. To, I just been listening. It's to too much for me to make a top ten. It, it really, it really. Oh, whatever. When Complex came out with the 50 album, I was like, wait, y'all really at the crib bumping 50 albums? Like 50? Yes. 
fifty. I might be. Like, I'm this way. I be dread. I be dreading to hear nine songs from my artist. Well, Jordan be like, "Hey, so and so, you review it." I be like, "Ah, damn, you know, my own, man, 50, 50 albums." <laughs> fifty. We just might all need to take like man. one month. Do it for hip hop. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I love hip hop, but I don't love all these <laughs> folks in it. No, see, the thing is, if you actually getting the fifty best projects, that means you only listening to good projects at that point. I'm gonna say this, man. It's a lot of mid in between that fifty. Yeah, it is, but you should hear that mid the first time and know it's mid from then on out. Now, I'm like this. Yeah. I do not. I do not have to go back to testing and re-listen to it to tell <laughs> if that shit was mid or not. I don't. I don't. I just know it's not better than the fifty songs I already got on the list. There's no need to go back. Oh, oh wait, I forgot to tell you. Speaking of going back, I went back and listened to Playboy Cardi album. Man, that album is is hitting a little. It's hitting a little bit more than it was last time. I ain't gonna stunt cold. I don't. I don't want to talk about that lit. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I hear I'm trying to dial it. I'm gonna say this every time I hop on Twitter. Somebody be like, "Man, dialing you hit." I said, "You know, let me go back and listen to this album. Maybe it was something I was missing." I'm telling you, I've listened to that lit before we actually reviewed it, and I felt the exact same way when we came back and listened to it again to review it. I'm like, this album has a lot of nice beats, but it's a whole lot of Playboy Cardi doing a whole lot. Of nothing, like Hardy is Play doing Cardi. nothing on those songs. Don't say that's Twitter. Like. I, don't, I don't know what score I gave you, but I boost you up half a point. I appreciate that. Chopping on this hit different. Yeah, we get a nigga like a five. He ain't moving too far. Yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that we did. We did. <laughs> hey, it was you know, bad. It was bad. Hey, you know, you know what's funny. I feel like somebody be like, hey, you know, no, 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 perfect example. Like, remember we did the J Rock review, and somebody was like, man, y'all be wilding with the scores. And I want, I had to sit back. I said, you know what? I need to make a list of what I be giving everybody albums. Yeah, see, that's what I be doing in my head. So if I think something deserves a five, I'll be like, hold on, I gave Dot Lit a five. This shit better than Dot Lit. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. That's how, that's how I've been keeping track of, of how I give a score. Because the, I'm going to say they're going to Grammy list came out, and I said, you know what? Man, Nipsey Hussle and everybody top 10. What did I get Nipsey? I had to go back and read. I said, you know, I gave Nipsey Hussle a six. I'm like, man, I gave that man a six. <laughs> and everybody did. else out there. You did. He's still, he's, like that. Nipsey like Hussle's still in my top 10, too. Like, he's around the seven, eight range. Like, that's a, just a really good album. Like, really, there's six, no, though. it's a long album with no bad songs. So I couldn't call it. 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 Uh, okay, I'm going to say it, it ain't no bad songs on there, but it's only a couple good songs on mm. there. So, so I guess you ain't the rest of me yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say it ain't me. It just fit. Oh, okay. I'll do a purpose on like we did the review. I think I said it's a lot of songs on this cool, but it just feel average. Like it wasn't really nothing that I just go back and be like, oh man, I gotta hear this again. It was just like, oh, okay, it's nice. Okay, Angus, all right. Angus, that's how I felt listening to McMill album. But I still, I still ain't listen to Championship. I'm put this way. When I saw the track list for Championship. I say this gonna be some mid, but everybody on Meek again, so everybody gonna act like it's the greatest thing you ever. So I'm gonna wait a month, two months to listen to it. So you know, so you know, you know, so so you know, like people. So either one, people expectations don't hype it up, or either two, people hyping it up to the point where I'm gonna like it less. So I want to wait a little while. Facts. But and and, and also I know Meek Mill be kind of wild sometimes. He put about fifty people on the project. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm off the the listens I've given it. The most the most memorable parts have been Ross verse 
and Jay Z verse. Not the song because I really, I really yeah. do not remember Meek Mill verse. I really just remember Ross verse and Jay Z. Oh, oh, and I'm glad you said that. There's no one reason why I ain't listened to that album because the album wasn't even trending. It was just Jay Z and Rick Ross trending, which really had me looking like this y'all album of the year. And y'all ain't talking about the album. Y'all just talking about somebody else verse on that album. But I'm, I'm just yeah. telling you. I'm just telling you. I listened to that album and the home, like even though I listened to it, like multiple times. The parts of the album that stick out the most to me and reoccur in my mind are those two verses. I, I, that says a lot to me, too. I'm just being honest with you. Prison for me. And the best Earl Sweatshirt song is the one where he ain't on it. That was, be that, like was, it. that was a wild release day. But it was. Um, thank you all for t- tuning in to another episode of Popular Demand Podcast. Make sure you tune in next week for another episode of your favorite podcast. See ya. Yeah.